The podcast you are about to listen to is a myth casting podcast. I am taking an ancient story and retelling it for our time. Here, I reimagine the story of a goddess who herself is older than the Greek pantheon, but comes in to play a critical role in the classic story of Demeter and her daughter Persephone. Unfortunately, this particular goddess has become often dismembered by recent histories and recent retellings of the story. I'm speaking of, of course, the goddess Bobuo, whose animal companion is a boar. Sometimes Bobuo is called a vagina goddess. Sometimes she is thought of as transgendered. Sometimes she is called one of the obscene or dirty goddesses. Whatever her name, she is known for her mirth and for her flagrant labia. I imagine her living in a cave just outside of the dominion of the Greek and Roman deities. I'm hoping here that we can reclaim the title, Dirty, for dirt is certainly holy. On that fateful day, so long ago, it was almost yesterday, the goddess Buobo was preparing for her daily bath in the hot spring in the inner reaches of her cave, when she noticed a trembling and unusual vibration in the waters of her spring. Then she heard a squeal from outside her cave, her boar only squealed like that when something strange was occurring. She put down her pomegranate, which she enjoyed eating while bathing, and walked outside, putting her hand against the firm bark of one of the two cedar trees on either side of the mouth of her cave, in which their long, rambly, intertwining branches of the cedar trees, the birds would frequently come to perch and share with Buobo their sideways stories of the world. This day, in the late afternoon, her boar was looking off towards the south, where the sun was low in the sky, casting long shadows across the green valley below her. Buobo did not have particularly good eyesight, and the shadows didn't help her see any better. But she did have excellent sense of smell and touch. So she squatted close to the earth so that the lips of her labia were touching the soil, and she inhaled. And as she did so, she could smell and sense the sweet, moist dirt and the underground fungi whose networks caressed the roots of the cedar trees. Many years passed when Buobo was still bleeding. She had nourished those fungi networks with her own moon blood. She had not bled since Zeus took over the pantheon up in the sky, and her own grandmother fled to a cave in the bottom of the ocean guarded by octopi and eel, where she continued to cultivate the mysteries of the deep sea darkness. 
Even so, the fungi remembered Buobo. They whispered to her of the stirrings of their underworld home, where they enjoy the sweet nutrients from that mysterious grove of pomegranate trees that Buobo's sister Hecate and her mother had supported in the time before the time of Zeus, when goddesses nurtured forests more than farms. Hades, the fungi whispered. Well, they did not whisper with words so much as a pattern of spores. The fungi didn't have feelings in the same way that goddesses or humans did, but they did seem to share a strong skepticism of these current gods' sword-wielding ways and the ease with which they chopped off the heads of humans and mushrooms alike. Hades was not, from the fungi's perspective, all that different from Zeus. Thunderbolts or dark fire, overworld or underworld... Neither deity paid much attention to how the spores themselves created the conditions from which water rose to the sky, forming clouds, and the rain from which thunderbolts could be fashioned, and, for those increasingly popular thunder gods, weaponized against one and another. Hades was once again stirring up some kind of trouble, he was going after someone. Borobo did not need eyes to see and to feel the tremor in the earth echoing the earlier vibration in her hot spring water. She felt the tremor even as the fungi were covering her hands and feet and labia with their tails of impending harm. She could almost feel the earth open up. And then... Just a few moments later, a young woman's scream pierced the air. Startled and pained and loud, the cry echoed through the earth and touched Buobo, and she recognized the cry. She knew that Hades would not treat his young victim as she herself would want to be treated. Hades, Buobo figured, would probably call her his bride and insist that theft meant ownership. Buobo stayed squatting for a while, quiet, listening to the disgruntled murmurings of the spore gods, whose careful network had been ruptured and upheaved by the current god of the underworld and his horses, which were the shape and color of ghost as they came out of the earth and sucked the young maiden into the gaping hole. And then she heard another cry, that of a woman wailing. Bor reacted even more strongly to this noise and began squealing loudly, disturbed as he was by the cry. He shook his thick head and buried his tusks into the soft earth, which was already beginning to grow cold. Ah, Bobo muttered to Bor. There was only one being who could make the earth and all of her creatures so shudder and grow cold. Demeter. Beautiful, strong, voluptuous Demeter 
who sang songs so sweetly to the wheat and the barley that they grew thick and plump with seeds. Buobo had always liked Demeter, and anyone could see that Demeter adored Persephone, her heart child, her daughter. It must be that Hades snatched Persephone. The fungi rippled again beneath her. Demeter searches. Less of an image or a set of words than a sense of motion. Stones being unturned, disturbing lichen. Moss on trees leaned upon by Demeter's hands and vibrating from her wails. Dewdrops trampled upon as the goddess ran to the thick undergrowth of the forest. The heaviness upon the ground as the wheat crops began to fall. Buobo shivered. A cold wind was now blowing through the valley. Whoosh! She comes this way, the fungi murmured. It seemed she was still far away, but she would come. She would come to the waters here and she would need something. In the meantime, Borobo thought as she shivered again, bare feet turning her towards her home. It was time for Borobo to take her bath. And so she returned to her warm cave, walking besides the ever-flowing stream to the stream's source, that gurgling hot spring surrounded by the softest of mosses into which she lowered herself her great big belly and sometimes that great big curve of her thighs gently protruding out of the bubbling water and she ate some pomegranate seeds she wondered if Persephone would find the beautiful sacred grove that lie deep within the underworld Baobo waited in luxury and there was no reason to do otherwise Demeter as a mother earth goddess would no doubt make it to her And so, as the wind howled outside her cave, she dozed a bit, relishing in the steamy haven of her own home. When the water in the stream in her cave rippled again in a most unusual way, And when the fire against the wall in the back of the cave left up far higher than normal, and when a stiff wind found its way into her cave, Baubo knew it was time to go and find Demeter. She knew Demeter would be thirsty, and so she carried with her some of her finest wine from the far reaches of her cave, which had been aging for quite some time, in a thick barrel of a fallen oak limb from quite a strong tree with whom she had had the most delicious relationship with for many a year. (laughs) 
Now, there are those who would say that Baobo had become a servant of one of the great houses in the area, and that Demeter had met her at that great house. I assure you that was not true, for she could never be the servant of any house. And some would say that she met Demeter clothed in a skirt when Demeter went into the house to take refuge. But as I understand it, Baubo always preferred nudity. That is her way. On that particular day, many weeks after the sun was lowest in the sky, and the cry had pierced the sky and the earth and the fires and the waters, it was quite, quite cold as earth mourned for her daughter. And so Baobo had wrapped herself in the softest of buckskins before venturing out of her cave, and whereas she climbed on to her boar, and her boar galloped off into the woods. His bristles were sharp, and she squealed with delight, as she always did, when she climbed upon his thick back, and he grunted and trotted her over the ever-flowing stream and to the well on the outermost edge of the places that the Olympian gods knew. Had a stranger been walking on the road and encountered Baobo riding on her boar, they would have been surprised to see not a woman as we normally think of a woman with her head on top of her shoulders, but a being whose top was her breasts and whose belly was also akin to her face and whose labia was huge and long and perhaps her legs were also her labia or perhaps the lips just hung besides her legs and dragged on the ground. Have no doubt that never a more sensitive, sensual, or jovial creature would you meet than the belly goddess Baobo. She laughed the whole way, aroused by the bristles on the back of boar, and relishing in this unusual cold weather, and the wind, and the sun. Everything amused her, and sometimes aroused her, and the animals displayed themselves for her to partake in this great amusement. Fish danced out of the river to glimpse her beauty, her strangeness, which borders on the obscene, always amusing. Baobo found Demeter leaning by the well. Oh, Demeter. Her long hair was limp and snarled and filled with thorns and bits of leaves. Her eyes dark, her skin thin, burned by wind and cold. Her face drawn inward like a shriveled apple. She had barely eaten anything for all of these long weeks. She hardly even recognized that Baobo was there. Mm, My dear, my dear, murmured Baobo, coming up to the taller woman and offering her a glass of wine and some walnuts. Demeter was in no mood for food or drink, for she could only see grief and despair, and the pain of anxiety made her nauseous. All she wanted, all she could think, 
was to see her daughter again. She turned away from Paubo. Paubo felt put out that she would have none of this, and so she took off her cloak, even though it was cold, and looked straight at Demeter and told her a very naughty joke. Demeter looked at the walking Libya, a being far older than was she, and she cracked a smile, and then she began to chuckle. Now I, for all that I know much as the narrator of this story, do not know what exactly the joke was that the two deities shared. Some say it was what revealed beneath the clothing. Some say it was the kind of joke that women tell one another about men, and especially about men's genitalia. Some say it was a queer, gender-fluid revelation of a kind that surprised and delighted Demeter, inviting her to play. Some say it was the sheer amusement that is the ridiculousness of our bodies, of our spirit's journey into all this flesh and hair and awkwardness. But from what I've heard, and what started as a chuckle, quickly became a cackle. Demeter could not help herself, for all that she was sick and tired. In that moment, she had to cackle, and that cackle made Baubo laugh. And just the sight of Baubo laughing made Demeter laugh even harder. Her own belly heaving, until she was sitting on the dirt. She was laughing so hard. Really, by this time, Demeter herself could barely remember why she had even started laughing in the first place. Eventually, she calmed down and became aware that she needed to drink something, and so she took the wine that Baobo offered, calling Baobo Ob, meaning priestess. Later, scholars would refer to Baobo, the belly goddess, as the goddess of the obscene. And so Demeter gained the willingness to care for herself again, and the two deities drank some wine. And ate some nuts, and sat in the dirt beside the well that was fed by the stream that went all the way back to Baobo's cave. And it was there that the great tall hound—really, he looked akin to a small deer—found them, and barked. And his companion Hecate, sister of Baobo, came to them. And told Demeter that she would help to guide the Earth Goddess into the underworld, where Hades had taken Persephone. Some say that Baobo came with them, and that the Sun God also traveled with them to light the way. I don't know for sure who went into the underworld, but it is clear that Demeter found Persephone, and that the Earth Mother seeks out all of her children, no matter if they have lost their way. Or been stolen by those who would rather use violence than to learn the act of tender care and wooing. In the stories, and certainly the cult of Demeter, which formed in later years, and in whose temples many, many statues of Baobu have been found, continued to celebrate Baobu's obscenity and the lewd, raucous laughter. And the sheer pleasure that can, that did, truly transform. 
enabling new life, spring, to be born yet again. <laughs>